Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. All right, today's guest is Armand from Armani Talks. Armand is an artistic engineer that specializes in storytelling and public speaking. He communicates social skills and teaches entrepreneurs and how to improve their ability to communicate and lead. I've worked with Armand in the past. He's been a great resource to me, and I'm very glad you're on the show, Armand. Thank you, Tats. I appreciate you for having me on. We were talking about this during our sessions, and it's happening. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for people that don't know, tell, me about, tell us more about your background. Sure. So I have been teaching entrepreneurs more about communication skills within the past two years, which specialize mainly in public speaking, storytelling, creative writing, a lot of the stuff they don't teach you in school. <laughs> and I pretty much do that through my media brand, Armani Talks, and via consultation sessions. And I, I have a strong passion for this. It's something that I wasn't too good in growing up. I was the shy kid, had a strong accent. So it was something that required me to learn it from ground up, learn the nitty gritty details. And it's certain knowledge that I can share back with entrepreneurs nowadays. Okay. I'm a shy guy that's kind of always trying to expand the uh, comfort zone, but how were you able to overcome it? So for me, at first, the biggest lesson was knowing that I could overcome it. And what happened was in my home country in Bangladesh, I was always the very loud, talkative kid. So picture the exact opposite of a shy person. <laughs> but by the time I came to the U.S., I had to learn a new language and I had a strong accent, which made it extremely tough to be comfortable. So that's when the personality shift had occurred. And it was pretty much like that for the next couple of years up until I got into college. And around college, a lot of people were telling me about this club called Toastmasters. <laughs> and truth be told, I thought Toastmasters was a club where you go, you have breakfast, you have toast. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, no, no, you could learn uh, public speaking. And as I networked with the people in the club, a lot of them said that they also started off as very shy, very introverted. They weren't people, a person, and they were able to turn it around by simply practicing. So when I learned that you could practice it and get better, that's when the light bulb moment happened. Now, I've been in Toastmasters in the past before, and I wasn't able to get the, the breakthroughs that we're talking about. Was it just Toastmasters? I mean, that just kicked it off, I think, for you. Like uh, what, what really sort of helped you sort of elevate to that next level? So Toastmasters, it got the whole ball rolling. Now, after Toastmasters happened, I was curious as to, hmm, how far can we take this? Or what else can we learn? And growing up, I wasn't the best writer either. So I was like, eh, if I could figure out public speaking, I wonder if I could figure out creative writing. And that's when I started the Armani Talks Twitter account, June 2018. And I was just sharing my background in communication skills on fixing your accent, just a few practical tips that I personally went through. And that's when I figured out that you could learn how to write 
by beginning off with tweeting. It's you building a little writing muscle that gets it up. And after public speaking, writing, got into YouTube, and pretty much the way that it works is once you start figuring out one communication skills muscle, it starts to have a spillover effect to different branches as well. So for people that don't know, I mean, a lot of people that they don't know the value of Twitter or they're not even on Twitter, like how did it sort of go from a tool that a lot of people just use as a hobby to something that sort of really propelled you into the spotlight? So what happened was I personally, when I started Twitter, I always saw it as the app where people get on, complain about politics, gossip. That's what I saw it as. So when my former roommate was telling me to get on Twitter, I was not a believer. But after I started tweeting consistently, let's just say three times a day, what I noticed was that it was having a strong impact on my public speaking skills. It was now much easier to think of brand new ideas. It was much more easy to be selective of your words because you only have, what, 140 to 280 characters to work with. So it's forcing you through writing to crystallize your thoughts, to get a hold of your thoughts and to communicate it in a very precise way. All skill sets that can help you with communication skills in terms of public speaking, YouTube, having a, a podcast interview. And that's when I was like, whoa, uh, Twitter is, is this one tool that you can actually leverage rather than just do it, what, do it for what the mainstream media does or the mainstream does. <laughs> so, I mean, we talk about entrepreneurship a lot. Why, why should an entrepreneur care about Twitter or communication skills? One of the main reasons they should care about it is a good example is just me and you right now. I am in Tampa. You are in Canada. And with the technology that we have nowadays, we're able to communicate seamlessly. So what this goes on to show is it's not just U.S. and Canada that can communicate. U.S. and Asia can communicate. U.S. and Africa can communicate. Africa and Canada can communicate. And at this point, the world is becoming more interconnected than ever. There was this individual named Marshall McLuhan. Have you ever heard of him? No. So he was this media analyst from the 60s. And he said, with the rise in technology, the world was going to shrink and we're going to be living in a global village. And it's crazy because... He made this prediction in the 60s. Now in 2020s, it's more true than ever. So the reason communication skills are more important than ever is because we are living in the global village. You have to be able to cross-communicate with different genders, different races, different cultures, which all have their own unique norms. And when you can find out certain patterns, it allows you to not only scale your business, scale your brand, scale your product, and communicate it effectively to the market. Now, you mentioned brand, which is part of marketing. And one of the, the cool buzzwords that are going around is storytelling in terms of communicating your message. How does that fit into what you're trying to accomplish? Well, personally, and we were talking about this a while back, it is a buzzword nowadays, but no one teaches you how to storytell, let alone what it is in the most fundamental aspects. Everyone just says, well, we need to do it. We need to storytell. <laughs> And that's what they do with public speaking as well. Like you need to learn how to give speeches, but they never teach you how to give speeches. That's sort of like giving someone a car who can't drive and saying, yo, drive on the highway. Yeah. It, doesn't, it doesn't make much sense. 
So for me personally, storytelling at the most fundamental level is just connecting ideas, connecting ideas where it leads to an emergent property of a message. And personally speaking, I feel as though any brand, it doesn't matter if you're in the medical industry, in the communications industry, in the engineering industry, people don't like PowerPoints. They don't like just straight raw facts. They like stories. And it's just a connection of ideas that leads to something bigger. That's why nowadays, Tats, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a lot of CEOs are working with screenwriters. And that's because they're understanding the trend as well. The PowerPoints are not going to get people riled up. It's not going to get people motivated, but an entertaining story will. Perfect. Now, so how does someone dip into the storytelling world and start to be able to leverage that power? Truth be told, I may be biased, but I think Twitter is one of the best platforms to start off with. You could either start off with Twitter or you can create a YouTube channel. And if someone is very camera shy in the beginning stages, I recommend having a private YouTube channel. And when you can do something like that, say you start the YouTube route, what I recommend next is work from the very nitty gritty fundamentals. Don't try telling a 15 minute story from the get go. Do the one minute story. I remember you're pretty familiar with that. (laughs) Explain the one minute story. So the one minute story is where you have to tell a story in one minute or less. And your main three components are having a character, conflict, and resolution. At the core of it all, that's all a story is, a character, conflict, and resolution. How you spin it is how you spin it. But ultimately, you need to get it done in one minute or less. Now, your viewers may be wondering, why one minute or less? Why can't I say for longer? Biggest problem, Tats, and I'm sure you've acknowledged this. You ever been to a party where someone is just telling a story, a story, a story? And you're thinking, what the heck is this guy talking about? (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, if you can't tell a one-minute story, then your 10-minute story is going to be very boring because you have a lot of unnecessary details. Practice with very atomic-like structure and then expand from there. Yeah. Well, give us an example of a a common one-minute story that comes to mind. Okay, so a good one-minute story. There was a man named Peter. Peter one day saw on his Facebook feed a lot of people with dogs. So he decided that he wanted to get a dog as well in order to build his engagement on his Facebook profile. Next week, he goes and gets a dog. The day that he gets a dog, he notices that it's a nuisance, keeps taking a poop all over the carpet. So he returns a dog, gets a turtle. (laughs) Once he gets a turtle, he realizes the turtle is worse. At this point, he realizes he's going to switch to Instagram. (laughs) It's got the nice little twist twist at the end. I think we talked about surprise endings and and understanding the composition. So, so, I mean, stories deliver a feeling in emotion. It's memorable, right? Be able to distill a short story to a point where it's, impactful is a very strong skill. I 100% agree because especially in today's world, you'll notice that communication has a huge, huge part to say with attention. A lot of people, they can't hold attention for more than what, eight seconds or so? So that is going to have a huge factor in how you communicate in today's era, especially on digital era, 
or whether it's on the public speaking stage, you need to be able to get to the point and that's becoming more of an art than ever. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So when we worked together, you did a tons of different drills to try to get more comfort out of speaking in front of a camera and stuff like that. Can you go into some of the common ones that you, you run people through to, to get them more comfortable in being on camera? People that didn't grow up doing it. Of course. So one of them was the one minute story. That's one that gets people speaking with more confidence. And to add on to that, there was the other one called intent light switch. You remember that one? The intent light switch one is where a lot of people, what happens is when they're communicating in front of a camera or on stage, they have a level of hesitancy. And this is normal for any first time acts that you do. But just like a light switch, it's either on or off right? It can't be in the middle. If it's in the middle, what happens to the light? It never turns on. Mm -hmm. So the intent light switch is basically forcing these individuals to either make it on or off. They need to speak with that sort of conviction. If they're speaking like this, that's hesitancy. And that means your conversation mode is off, which brings me to the third exercise. And that is called the BS exercise, where you have to make up something completely false. Like, my name is Tats, you know? And whenever you are challenging yourself to say something completely BS, but say it with the full confidence, you're working out your communication skills muscle. I do recommend <laughs> to maintain some discretion. You shouldn't be lying <laughs> left and right. But Explain that further. Explain that further for people that are saying, are you, are you training yourself to lie? What do you say to that? So what I say to that is, if you can say something that is not true with the utmost confidence, then you can say something that is true with even more confidence. When I was working as an engineer, Tats, the biggest problem that a lot of these very, very overly logical engineers had wasn't their understanding of the system. Their understanding of the system was supreme. But the problem that they had was they didn't believe that they knew what they knew. They didn't feel as though they were a subject matter expert. So although this act is counterintuitive, it trains you to have more confidence in the truths that you tell. Mm, so for people that, let's say they, they have the abilities, but they don't believe in themselves, this methodology will help you bridge that. Yes. And this is something I recommend you do in private because then you can, you can make fictional stories. It, and it doesn't even have to be something that's a blatant lie. It could be something that's fictional, something that you know that factually can't exist, but you're exercising your mind to work through the friction. That's the main act of the exercise, working through the friction. And once you're able to do that, when you're having a podcast interview, when you're having a YouTube interview, you always feel comfortable. You feel more battle-tested. And these sort of exercises, it's different for different people. But ultimately, it all leads to the same principle, which is to speak with the intent light switch on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, give me an example of someone that you work with getting out of this shell. So one of my former clients, he was not able to even talk one-on-one -on -one with me. And for him, he is a pretty a big CEO in his company in Tampa. Thing with him is he's great in public. But he's one of those people where if there's technology involved, he freezes up. Mm. 
So for him, it wasn't a matter of just being shy as a whole, but he was shy situationally. Mm. And that surprisingly happens because due to the digital divide, which is that there's a generation that didn't grow up with technology. Yeah, yeah. They don't feel comfortable around that. And for us, what we did was we basically just did a little bit of exposure therapy where we got them, we got him comfortable in doses. So I would ask him to just send me 10 second videos, just talking about his day, worked his way up. Eventually he would send me longer videos through YouTube talking about a certain topic. And from there, we were able to get his YouTube channel launched. And his formula was similar to a few other clients. Nowadays, he does LinkedIn. He does Instagram live because going live isn't easy. But it starts with just getting yourself learning the fundamentals, the basics and working up from there. That's awesome. LinkedIn live. Yeah. So situational, that makes sense. So you're saying that, you know, some people are comfortable in certain situations, but not comfortable in others. Are there any other situational things that you've noticed in terms of they're very competent, but they get in a certain situation and they freeze up or they limit themselves somehow? That's a good question because typically what happens is most of the people I work with, they're very comfortable, say, in terms of writing. But when it's in terms of public speaking, mm-hmm. doing videos, they get nervous. But I had a client who was the exact opposite. He was amazing in terms of public speaking, captivating an audience. But anytime that he would, say, have to write for his blog, he would get a lot of anxiety. And this just goes on to show where, why it's very hard to have a one-size-fits-all approach towards communication. You need to see this person's pain points. And the reason that he hated writing was due to something from his childhood. Apparently, his teacher would always say, oh, you are not a good writer, you're not a good writer. And it's something that manifested towards his adulthood. He's a great communicator in all other aspects, but he has writing anxiety, something I never even knew existed till I started working with him. Wow. So, okay, so you've grown out this Twitter thing. So what are the components of a great online, I guess, what do you even call it? A content machine or influencing machine? Yep, like content machine, influence, personal brand. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing is having a story. And what I mean by that is, what do you currently do? What do you currently enjoy? And this is a topic that you can talk about for days and days and weeks and weeks. Like for me, it's communication skills. I can talk about this for a very long time. I'm sure you can't have me on for a few weeks, <laughs> but we, we could talk about it for a while. For you, I mean, we would normally get into conversations regarding entrepreneurship. I could tell like that's something that you enjoy. And if you have something like that, that you have that you can enjoy, talk about consistently, that's when you should start sharing your story. And what you'll notice is that you'll accidentally build up following. You'll see other people who like communication skills or are trying to improve on it. are like, yo, let me check out Armani Talks. Or other people that want to learn more about entrepreneurship that wants to check out your content. So the best personal brands are typically built on the back of hobbies. If you can do that, then a lot of things start changing up for you. It's a huge paradigm shift. That's awesome. Now, I mean, you're, you're a busy guy. You're involved in so many things now. Like, how do you sort of keep it all together? What are your sort of top three habits or routines that help you sort of pull it together? 
So in the morning, what I do is I don't do anything technology related. I actually got an old school alarm clock recently. <laughs> I don't do anything technology related. I just do my mind activities. So meditation, journaling, going to the gym, just the basics. If I don't do that, then the whole day just kind of passes on by. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> it's done already. So, so that's the first act that just get myself centered. The second act is getting the content created, whether it's YouTube, podcasts, blogs, tweets, or whether I have to give a speech for that particular day. And later on in the day is when I work with my clients. I typically do that later on because now I understand that I got all the activities that I'm purely in charge of done so I can give my clients my full attention. That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a game changer. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what's, what, what do you see in the future? Like, what are you, what are you trying to build out here? Because I know you have quite a lot of influence on Twitter. Your YouTube channel is growing every time I look. What's the future look like for you? So the future basically is expanding Armani Talks more. I want to keep the channel growing and keep allowing people to know that you can learn communication skills and it's never too late. And even if they can't afford my services, I believe that my free content will help them out tremendously. And from there, I do want to expand on different products. You gave me a brilliant idea <laughs> for a product a while back. I don't want to share it too much yet because so in the future process, I get more products up and launching and work on future businesses as well. I've been involved in online business for some time and it's something that I enjoy. It's something that I find fun. And it's not just about the money. It's more about providing value in particular niches that, that turn into assets. So with the Armani Talks, I mean, the main goal right now is to keep the brand growing, keep on leveraging the communication skills and meeting like minds like you. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? Is there anything that you should have asked me but didn't? I think you did a great job asking me a lot of important questions. The main thing, I can't even think of anything right now. I think you did overall, I think you did a great job. A few things. No, I think you did a great job. Perfect. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, when we went through the process, I got a lot out of it. I think when I look at great leaders for, of companies, entrepreneurs, the great leaders I've interviewed in the past, they've all had great communication skills or they've had a team that had that skill set close by and i think it's a critical critical skill because with digital like you said everything is more magnified and to be effective i think mm -hmm. you need that skill to to compete in and to be effective so anyway thank you arman tess i appreciate it and just to add on to that point i think you hit the nail on the head and it's great to see how you are expanding with technology and learning to leverage it because you're doing a great job right now. Thank you. Appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for listening to Specify today. Also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. If you know anyone, anyone that would benefit from this episode, please pass it along. And finally, make sure you subscribe to hear upcoming episodes. Talk to you soon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.